Hello, everyone, and welcome to another recap race analysis here on the Cycling Dane Extra channel or on the podcast if you're listening there. Today, it was the fourth stage of the Welter Espana 2023, and I'm joined with one third of the Echelon Cycling Podcast and creator of Audu Cycling, Patrick Blake. And I mean, Patrick, it wasn't the most exciting stage today, but uh, interesting finale nonetheless. Yeah, what happened on the stage today? No, yeah, it wasn't particularly interesting. There were two third category climbs on the course today, both of which were taken by Sepulveda, who extends his, extends his leads in the KOM classification. But in terms of the sprint, it was a very hectic sprint obviously sort of expected because there aren't that many dominant sprint teams in this race but i think alperson really took up a lot of a mantra uh dsm took it up as well today for dynasi and for groves respectively but inside the last few kilometers there were so many corners and also so many roundabouts as well that it was really strung out but we saw going really into the final well there was a crash firstly which took out cockard went down and also santiago boitago went down Boitago looked in a really bad state. He was rolling on the floor, so obviously he was in a lot of pain. So not sure what the outcome of that is, but I would presume a, a DNF, or if not, he's going to have a real tough welter. And Cockard, uh, after suffering a crash from a TTT, also went down. So, but he seemed okay. But yeah, inside the last kilometer, we saw Vandenberg for EF Education Easy Post take it into the last sort of 500, 600 meters as a left-hand corner, but he overcooked it, skidded a little bit, and then went into the barriers and collected a Alperson lead-up man in the process of doing that. There was a little slight incline to the finish, probably a good little 5% or so. Milana hit out early with Groves just off the back of his wheel. And as it looked like Milano was going to be sealing up his victory, Groves came round him inside the last 50 metres or so and took his uh, second ever stage victory in the Vuelta Espana, which adds to the one which he got with uh, Team Jaco Alula last year. So Alperson have got uh, their stage win to kind of take it off the ground, which, you know, it's not surprising. I think Groves is probably the fastest sprinter in the race here, but it was a there was a lot of chaos going into that last kilometer do you reckon that's because you know there isn't like a really kind of dominant lead out train here or like what why do you think it was was it just a chaos of the first sprint course design yeah i think you're right also just the vandenberg crash it kind of after that it was going into that corner mm. and it wasn't a clean corner there was kind of like a like a indent or whatever you want to call it on the side where where he crashed uh, mm. but yeah i completely agree it might be because there isn't one huge well caden groves is kind of the favorite isn't he for the sprints and even in that final yeah i almost thought milano had it but like a quite a incredible comeback from groves yeah and i think it was a finish which particularly suited him being slightly uphill been very competitive over quite lumpy terrain and i'm actually kind of surprised that maybe some teams didn't tried to make those climbs harder to try and put some other sprinters under pressure but certainly some other sprinters like Danese didn't do particularly good today but I think that was more because of positioning it was certainly a sprint where you couldn't come from far back and take the victory you really had to be inside the last five wheels into that corner which Vandenberg unfortunately became a bit of a cropper on the outside of that bend um he just he, you know I think he was going to be one of the favorites for today very interesting young prospectful sprinter for EF but yeah, I think he just uh, he brought in too much speed into that corner. Unfortunately, he he didn't crash bad. It was more of just a 
I don't know, it probably hurt his ego more than it actually hurt his body, to be honest with you. But he'll have other chances, including uh, I think tomorrow is probably going to be a sprint as well. So he'll have a chance to recoup and go again. What did you make of the top 10? We haven't really spoken about them. You had the likes of Louis Aski in there, Sean Flynn. You had Hugo Page, who you and Ewan have been talking up a lot. Milan Menta as well. Edwin Turns, uh, one of the old guard, kind of getting himself inside the top 10 as well. Yeah, it's a very interesting and quite mixed top 10 of sort of the uh the, the second and third tiers of of sprinting in cycling but like you say edward turns that was a really that's a really interesting sprint from him i think it was definitely one which suited him but yeah milan menton dries van gestel always alois who previously you know prior to this had only really come top 10 in a, i think it was like a couple of Basque country sprints last year so that's sort of showing that he's taken a step up from last year like I say Hugo Parge of course without Gervin Tayson here who isn't in this race because of Covid Hugo Parge has taken his opportunity really well there and uh, Lewis Askey and Sean Flynn two Brit representations I think it was going to be quite interesting to see who Group Palmer went for I thought it was going to be for Sam Watson but maybe that's just a Yorkshire bias coming in there maybe that's what I was wanting but Lewis Askey get another top 10 and you know just adding more experience and maybe he might be a kind of versatile classic style sprinter that sort of the profile which he's digging himself into being and i think that'll be really a great addition for group palmer's classic squad in the next couple of years so very interesting and mixed top 10 i think i'm expecting maybe tomorrow might be a little bit more of kind of the, the bigger kind of flat sprinter names but of course that crash with Boitrago I think maybe disrupted some lead out trains you know I think that like Govacar for Bahrain wasn't anywhere I'm not sure what happened there so there was perhaps a bit of disruption going on with the crashes and just the general technicality of the last few kilometers. We did a good job at the start to make sure the brake was small and easy to control and then uh, Combo did a really good job throughout the day um, and then followed after that by Chris to uh, keep the brake close so that we could have a sprint with uh, Alberto and then uh, yeah we did a good job positioning into the climbs we passed that fine then into the final we tried our best to stick together it got super chaotic with the crash and with all the roundabouts technical corners in the final um, and yeah the final couple k's were really chaotic I tried my best to help Alberto to a good position but really uh yeah unfortunately we didn't uh arrive in the perfect spot um and yeah in the end it's not the result that we wanted but uh yeah we'll uh, try again tomorrow I mean, I we were going to talk about Ineos Grandiers potentially putting too much effort in all the GC teams, but like moments after they were at the front, yeah, that Bahrain victorious crash. And I mean, Brian Kokar would have been a great pick for this. It seems like it's not really got the big superstar. Caden Groves is kind of still a rider in the making here. Yeah. I think that, yeah, Groves is just going from strength to strength and I think had a very good year with Alpsen so far. He was probably one of the more interesting signings from last year and it was going to be it was going to be intriguing to see how he was always going to mix in with Alpsen with their kind of already quite star-studded lineup. but Groves is really fitting into this sort of secondary sprinter role who gets sent to the you, you know, the sprints which Philipson doesn't get sent to or how Van der Poel isn't at, so he's been a fantastic signing for Alperson to really mop up victories you know he got he got one of the Giro and then he also uh, he got one 
uh, this time around as well. So great performance. And it wouldn't surprise me if he picked up another two sprints, honestly, in this race. But, I mean, we're talking of crashes. I mean, it, there could have been a lot more crashes because there was some sort of, there was going to be a protest or something, but the police stopped it before the race. Did you see that story? Yeah, good. Could you remind us about that? Yeah, what was it? It was crazy. Yeah, it was sort of, there was apparently four people were arrested because they were going to spill 400 litres of some liquid. I'm not sure what it was, whether it was going to be just water or I think there was reports of like some kind of vegetable oil or something, but it was above like a, a tunnel exit. So they had like this hose pipe above the tunnel exit and or entrance or wherever. And they were just going to spill all like 400 litres. And if that was released at the wrong time or well, the, the right time for their disruption, that could have been really catastrophic for the race because that could have taken out so many riders. So it's a good thing that the, you know, the, the police were on that unfortunately stopped it before the race uh, was even underway. So hats off to the the police for, for getting on that and stopping it and meaning that the world didn't have any more unnecessary crashes going on because there's been too many of those already. We just needed something nice and simple today, although there were still some crashes, but could have been a lot worse. I mean, there's protesting and then there's outright grievous bodily harm and potential, yeah, who knows how, how bad that could have been. Yeah, that's mm. quite strange. Yeah, well, hopefully we don't get any more of that. I mean, we've already had our protest at Glasgow World Champs and then we almost had one here. So Psych provides a bit of a platform for putting protests up, but hopefully they, uh, hopefully we've managed to steer clear of that throughout the rest of the race and we can just focus on good racing um yeah i was gonna talk a bit about juan sebastian molano as well because it's quite interesting having him in a gc team and uh yeah what, what do you make of him kind of he's just kind of a joker for them to pick up these sprint results didn't get too much of a lead out obviously mm. they're going for almeida and what Ana Yuzo. yeah i think that it is yeah, it is a bit, he does feel kind of spliced on to the end of the team. Like, he's not really given any specific support. You know, there will be riders in the team like Rui Oliveira or Doma Novak or whoever who will help him out, but he is largely kind of a, a bit of a maverick in the team, just sort of doing his own thing. Of course, he won a stage last year on the final stage when he was leading out Pascal Ackerman. You know, he managed to beat his the sprinter he was leading out. So he does have the track record of being able to win sprints. And I think that barring, you know, obviously, Groves is a relatively late addition. And this just goes to show that if it wasn't for Groves coming here, Milano would probably be the dominant sprinter. I mean, second place is by no means a bad result although he will be wanting to add to his stage win from last year but you were saying even like why isn't Koi here like could they have spliced could Yubu have spliced a Koi onto the end of their team you know how many good sprinters are there that could have come here like a Danny Van Poppel for example I know a lot of people wanted him to come here how many of Sam Bennett or who Danny Van Poppel that's your first guy Danny Van Poppel yeah it's yeah, just because you gave him right of the week, that's why. Right, well, no, exactly. Maybe there is a bit of recency bias in there. But your point stands. How many teams could have bought, brought their A-list sprinter and sort of spliced one to the end of a team without much support? Although maybe that would have just ended in a scenario where there's just no lead-out trains and a load of sprinters looking at each other. And maybe that would have been more chaotic. But I think it's a decent point. And I mean, just going back to Koi for a second can't wait for to see him hopefully do a grand tour next year i reckon that'll be a really exciting one to see 
now that he's signed for a different team. Oh, wait, no, he's at Yombo. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh-huh. we also had Caruel getting in the mix with uh, Urias uh, Olar. I must admit, I, I didn't realize, I thought it was potentially, it couldn't have been the Ecuadorian champion because that's Carapaz, and it couldn't have been the the Colombian because that's Chavez. So I was like, wait a minute, who's this guy? And I think yeah. the Danish commentator has even said this is an EF rider, which is absolutely not. He's riding for Caruel. But yeah, getting in the mix here. Yeah, I think he's more of a, I'd say he's more of a puncher than a than a sprinter. And that certainly reflects in the top 10 today, how you, you see more, I don't want to call them just flat out punchers, but you see certainly the kind of more hardy sprinters today rather than the pure out and out 70 kilometer an hour sprint sprinters. You're seeing a bit more of a versatility coming in with this slight uphill finish in the last 500 meters. So that certainly favoured him today. And yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if he gets in the top 10 another couple of times on, because, you know, the sprints of Welter are never simple, like, especially tomorrow as well. There's a couple of climbs in there, which could certainly make it a bit more favourable towards him. But another interesting rider to keep an eye on, because he's got his Venezuelan national champ kit on, he's a little bit easier to spot out than his uh, Kaya Rural teammates. So, you know, he doesn't ride for EF, <laughs> unlike... What the commentators yeah. say. Yeah, but that's basically it for our recap race analysis here of stage four. Make sure to get involved in the comments as well. Was there a bit too unsafe that corner? And uh, yeah, hit the like button, subscribe to the channel, and we will be back tomorrow.